Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there, welcome to the program on a, a dreary Thursday, October 11th to be exact. Um, I'd like to uh, start with something local, which I find exceedingly troubling. Um, and this has to do with uh, armed guards at a high school sporting event. Uh, and involves two specific school districts. Penn Hills, which is a, uh, a very close-in eastern suburb of Pittsburgh. Um, I would say a majority black school district. Maybe not. Maybe. Perhaps. Yeah. And then uh, Connellsville, which is a farther out, <laughs> um, farther out from the city, and I would say Connellsville overwhelmingly white. And it is race that definitely figures into this story. Apparently, um, some time ago, and I'm not real sure about all the dates on this, uh, but there was uh, an indication that at a Connellsville, uh, Penn Hills game, uh, that Connellsville athletes and parents and others were using racial slurs. Um, the WPIAL, Western Pennsylvania, what, Interscholastic Athletic League, is that what that stands for? Um, held a hearing uh, last month uh, on this about whether Connellsville students and parents and players had uh, slung racial slurs at the Penn Hills players during a early uh, September game. And uh, the WPIAL held the hearing and then released their, their findings um, about two or three weeks ago. And it said this in part. They found that there were, there were likely s at some racial slurs or racially insensitive comments were directed at to Penn Hills players uh, based on the information of credible testimony of the Penn Hills players, there, there were, in all probability, some negative interactions on the field. But the WPIAL board then cited that in all probability, these events were isolated and not reflective of the Connellsville boys' soccer program or the school. Okay, so this is at a soccer game. Now, since then, this week, when Connellsville came to play at Penn Hills, their team was escorted by armed guards. I understand it was... Penn Hills players who were subjected to racial slurs and a high and the WPIAL found that credible. And now the Connellsville School District is not coming in to play Penn Hills without gun toting armed security guards literally escorting their players to and from the locker room. Obviously, the, <laughs> the intent here is to suggest that 
their players are not safe in Penn Hills. When no Penn Hills students or players have been accused of in any way threatening Connellsville players. This is pure racism. We're going into that uh, yeah, black district and uh, they're suggesting we're racists and you know they could like do something to us. All in the heads of the Connellsville. Officers, superintendent, whoever ordered this, it's outrageous. Um, the other outrageous aspect of it is Penn Hills, uh, while it obviously has security details of its own, they do not allow their security guards to be armed. So here comes an opposing team to an effing soccer game and comes in with guys brandishing guns on their hips. There is no threat that anybody has suggested the only possible thing going on here is racist. I, I am simply blown away by this. And if the WPIAL doesn't step in and do something the ugly, implicit suggestion here is that somehow those black people are dangerous. And if we white people are going in, we better have our guns. There has been no threat. Armed guards were at Penn Hills for a girls soccer game. A girls soccer game. They came in with guns. They came in for a boys soccer game with guns. And just Tuesday of this week, a girls volleyball game. And Connellsville came in with its players escorted by armed guards. No guns on the other side. The... Um, I know that there has been an effort to get the WPIAL to intervene thus far, crickets. Uh, I, 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 I just find this kind of raw racism. And Connellsville, you gotta figure, that's Trump country. Right? And they're coming into Penn Hills, which, uh, I don't know, isn't. It's got black people. Yeah. And it's got black athletes who were subjected to racial slurs. And the WPIL says they believe that that did happen and then took no action. And now the party that was spewing the racial slurs comes to Penn Hills, the people they were slurring, with armed guards when no threat 
has been leveled, made, received. I, this has, I mean, I got steam coming out of my ears about this. Unbelievable. Well, Western Pennsylvania, I got news for you, it's Trump country. This is Western Pennsylvania, W-P-I-A-L. The only p part of Western Pennsylvania that is not Trump country is Pittsburgh and some very close-in suburbs, including Penn Hills. Wow. I think it's despicable. Now, I don't watch local television news, and I, as you know, don't necessarily... S the Post-Gazette had nothing on this today. Um, I got what information I have from the Tribune Review <coughs> online paper. So, I don't know. But what I know is sickening. thinking of those Penn Hills players and fans and parents and they got to sit there while the visiting team only comes in if they've got guys with guns protecting their players. What is that Now, if, I guess, Connellsville players had been subjected to threats from Penn Hills players, maybe you can see that. But not only didn't that happen, the opposite happened. Disgusting. We have a caller. Caller, go ahead, please. Well, I read something that I was alarmed by. Well, I guess it's not related to what you're talking about. A man was babysitting two children in Tennessee. He was white. No, pardon me. He was black. They were white. They went into a Walmart and ate at a Subway. A lady stopped one to talk to the girl in the car. The man refused. She followed him to a gas station, then followed him home and called the police because a black man was with two young children. White children. White children. Yes. yes. They were about 10 and 5. Yes. Well, um, these kinds of stories occur literally every day and um, in droves. Uh, you cannot be on Twitter without seeing stories like this, video of some white racist calling cops or screaming at uh, black people or Hispanic people. Um, it's The racists are bald and bold and right out in our faces now. And uh, starting with the President of the United States. This yes, is what. Okay, so this is where we are. This is where we are. So thank you for your call. Yeah. All right, bye bye. No, bye. Yeah. Our great President, um, you know, while American citizens were being hit by that uh, impressive hurricane, uh, most presidents would not go out to a political rally. Uh, they would stay at the White House. They would uh, be appearing, appearing, that's all, 
don't even have to really do it, appearing to be concerned, to be on top of everything FEMA was doing, to be in touch with all the, you know, the Florida governor, the Georgia governor, anybody, the Coast Guard, blah, 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 blah. It would have been this president, of course, this racist president of ours, took off and came to Erie, PA, to raise money for his troops and to unleash his usual unhinged diatribe at a uh, at a rally. So this was not presidential. This was not a presidential visit. This was a political visit that he would not cancel. Uh-oh. I'm being told sound levels are low. Lower on phones, lower all the way down. And I'm feeling that in my head, too. I don't even hear myself. So, um, yeah, so he was up there in Erie uh, talking about the Democrats as an angry left-wing mob. He's now called the Democratic Party dangerous, practicing, <laughs> practicing the politics of anger, division, and destruction. You know, it's just classic projection, which is what he always does. He accuses somebody else of lying when he's lying. He accuses the Democrats of being destructive when it's him and his party that is destructive and divisive. God, we're an angry mob now. Apparently, those guys we saw at his rallies and continue to see are not. The guys in Charlottesville were not. Those were some good people. This is the guy who actually, while running, told his mob to uh, knock the crap out of any protester. I'll pay your legal fees. Remember that? This is the guy who's openly used violent language. And now he's calling us violent. It's the same kind of weird, bizarre turnaround as Connellsville showing up at Penn Hills with guns because they say they're trying to give the impression that they are under threat. When it's exactly the opposite. Oh, God. Speaking of the hurricane... Just got three things to say. This, the reporting on this was, you know, superlative, uh, using the superlative constantly. Never before, unlike, astonishing, so quick, so fast, so out of, you know, out of the blue. Uh, he stays on land, and it's still a Category 2, uh, blah, 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 never before, blah, 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 blah. Guess what? Warm water and warmer water provides more energy to fuel storms okay the water is warmer because of mm, global warming hurricanes are not only seemingly fiercer now they also are wetter and gotta tell you this too Warmer air 
holds more water. Global warming. And then there's the storm surges, which do a lot of the damage, bigger, badder than they have been. And there's a simple reason behind that, too. The sea levels <laughs> are rising. Glaciers are melting. Global warming. When the president was told about the United Nations science report about the catastrophic consequences of not doing anything about this, he said, uh, I'd have to see who drew it, as if it was what? A, a little penciled picture somebody drew about the threat? That's what our, uh, our president said. By the way, I'm being told everything sounds fine. Um, we have callers on the line, so let's get to you guys. Uh, hello, how you doing? Caller, hello, go ahead. Hello? Yeah, you. <laughs> go ahead. Yes, hello. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, well, I can hear you, so go ahead, please. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, I, I just wanted to say, in the, in this hurricane... Was it their power poles and power lines that came down that cut off the power, right? This hurricane, well, trees toppled uh, all over the place, taking down power lines, right? Which were on power poles, right? I believe, yeah. Okay. Well, if you had an area which wasn't, that always had hurricanes and storms, wouldn't you put those power lines underground the next time you built? And this gets back to our infrastructure that they've been letting go forever. Right there is a situation where when they're going to rebuild it, put them in the ground. They do it other places. I, I don't get this whole hurricane shit to begin with. It's on that panhandle. It's all along the water. Don't build homes. If you're going if to have businesses, you better have hurricane-proof or be able to leave in a you know, moment's notice. I mean, the whole thing is just nuts, and you get tired of hearing about it, and I just shut the goddamn TV off because it's all BS after a while. It's like, if you're dumb, you're going to suffer. And this country's dumb, and we're going to suffer, all of us. Global warming and everything. It just irritates you. Okay. But uh, putting them underground is one of the... They've done it in California. They've done it in all different other states. I don't understand that you do the same thing over and think a different result. It doesn't make sense to me. It's insanity is what it's called. I don't know. Yeah. That's my personal well, opinion. Well, stupidity is also what it's called. Thank you. Yeah, stupidity. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, stupidity. no, insanity, too. Yep. I'll take both words. Okay, okay thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Bye. Okay, got another caller. Caller, hello. Uh, hello. Hello. Uh, uh, yeah, I think stupidity is probably better because my friends that work in the mental health industry really hate that saying <laughs> uh, about insanity or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, that's not what I called about. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I was. You were talking about. I mean, you were talking about the president saying the opposite of reality. Yeah. Uh, and which he does all the time, and I think Republicans have done that for years. But the, there was a very interesting guest. Uh, at the close of Democracy Now! this morning, who apparently, I can't remember his name, um, people can look it up, but he has a new book out on fascism. He's a philosophy professor at an Ivy League school, and that what you described there was what he said was one of the ten pillars of fascism. Right. And he named, went through several others, but uh, he has... That's one. Uh, right. Which, uh, yeah, yeah, So, uh, which was interesting. Right. I mean, I... I didn't really know that aspect of it. I'd recognized that for years. I'm sure you have too. And just not realizing that was, you know, that was another sign that we were heading into this. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's a sign. It's a sign of fascism and authoritarian governments. They create their own reality, and you right. you have to believe their reality. Otherwise, you are, you know, potentially in trouble. 
So they create their own reality. Uh, George Will wrote a piece today about how the president, he called it trolling. And, but what he was talking about was the same thing, simply flooding. And there was a quote from Steve Bannon, how he says one of the ways you deal with um, undermining institutions and undermining uh, media is you flood the zone with shit. That's what he said, Steve Bannon. And he thought Trump yeah. was a natural at this. <coughs> you just keep right. spewing crap and lies until people don't know anymore what's true, what's not. But they are told over and over to believe in the big leader. And he, he's even said, yeah. you know, don't, don't believe what you see. You believe me. I'm telling you the truth as yeah. he lies through his teeth. What's frightening is to right. see how many people yeah. fall for it. And fascists, yeah. yeah I mean, I think that seems to be like people I know that are conservative or supporters of him. I'm not totally sure how many are supporters. I think that's why it's so difficult. Part of the reason it's so difficult to have a conversation with them because they've got a whole <laughs> different version of reality. Than, that's right. I mean, it's not that's <laughs> right that's not I mean, real they probably think the same of us but they're wrong uh, they're wrong yeah i know right and I, years ago i had a boss that talked just like that it didn't matter how bad things were he would say how stupendous and use those superlatives like you were describing uh and just say everything was great when everybody in the room could tell how terrible things were <laughs> and uh i mean the first time I heard him on the campaign trail, I thought, this guy is the exact same thing. And I thought, I just assumed a lot of people that had that experience and that everyone would catch on. But clearly I was wrong. <laughs> we were all, that. yeah. <laughs> what naive innocence we were. And uh, are, yeah, no, yeah, are, are no more. But uh, frightening. It's frightening what he's doing. And he's destroying. I don't, I don't think you're right on that. I still have liberal friends that think all of this election is going to turn everything around. Oh, what like bullshit! Crazy. How many times do you have to see what this happen? What bullshit! God, stupid yeah. losers, yeah. losers. Okay, thank you. Appreciate okay, the call. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Wow, somebody just sent me this. Is that you, Milton? I don't know. Um, <coughs> this is interesting. This is from uh, The Week magazine. President Trump, um, wait, Fox News did not broadcast the rally in Erie last night. It stuck with its usual nighttime lineup. Even as Trump gave shout outs to, oh, this was in, um, it didn't do, it also didn't do his speech in council bluffs. Um, and there are reports that with the midterms less than a month away, Trump, quote, is losing a primetime megaphone to his base because Fox is starting to cut away. Now that's interesting. Why would Fox cut away from presidential rallies? You know why? Because they're not helping them in the ratings. When they start airing these, you know, stream of consciousness of an idiot rallies, um, they lose audience. So someone who does know that says they don't want to give up so much primetime real estate anymore. They're going... Uh, where they think they will get the best ratings performance. And um, this is a huge loss on the state and local level for Republicans because they're certainly not going to get any of that on the other cable networks. No, of course, others don't. They said even C-SPAN has been uh, pulling away <laughs> from some of the coverage. Well, that's um, good news, I guess.
okay, everybody says the sound level is fine, so everybody's saying everything's fine. Thank you very much. Mark uh, writes, in 2007, Ted Cruz argued on behalf of Texas that sex toys should be banned, I remember. Um, he called them obscene devices. He stated, there is no substantive due process right to stimulate one's genitals for non-medical purposes. What? Mark, where'd this come from? I mean, I, I do vaguely remember all of this. All right. Um, all right, can I share with you, other than our frightening uh, decline into autocracy and fascism, can I, I give you another thing to uh, trouble your, your hearts and souls? <coughs> this I find uh, particularly troubling. Oh, there goes my voice. <coughs> I'm sorry. Are you, are you aware that the um, the Government Accountability Office, which still exists, <laughs> Government Accountability, it's a congressional office, nonpartisan. I guess they're still hanging in there. The Republicans haven't, like, taken their funding or removed them yet. The Government Accountability Office uh, says that many of the weapons systems that the Pentagon has or is buying currently from the big weapons manufacturers um, are extraordinarily easily hackable. What they did is they set up a test they had authorized hackers as part of the test. And those hackers were told, go at it. And they had, at the Pentagon side, they had cyber defenders chosen by the Pentagon. And so it was like a war game, right? We got hackers over here and we got, this, we got the counter uh, defenders at the Pentagon. And this was set up. The weapons tested were all the way from submarines to missiles, refueling tankers, aircraft carriers, satellites, helicopters, you name it. Anything that all of these things we use at war were part of this test. And let me just tell you, the Pentagon got its clock cleaned. The hackers were so able to get in to all of these systems, almost, almost with one hand tied behind their back, that they actually started at one point sort of toying with the Pentagon during the test. Uh, so that... One team, it says here, reported that they caused, one of the hackers, caused a pop-up message to appear on the Pentagon's terminals for who knows, a missile system or whatever. They had a pop-up that came up that said, insert two quarters to continue operation. The Pentagon now is relying almost totally on these heavily computerized uh, systems. And they're not securing them. It's unbelievable. They have been warned for years. The warnings started coming during Obama's administration. Hey, you have got to take this very seriously. If we have hackers that can do this, you don't think Russia does? You don't think China does? You don't think some, even some individual bent on destruction can do the same? 
In other words, these systems are so open that they can be neutralized by, let's take Trump's example, a 400-pound guy sitting on his bed with a laptop. So the GAO, the Governmental Accountability Office, uh, put out a report. Congress will receive that report. We will not. We will receive whatever the public version is, which will be, you know, heavily edited so that we won't know what specific systems were. Uh, so we're not giving anything away to our enemies. But something tells me our enemies will be able to get at it because I'm sure the congressional, uh, you know, if if Congress is getting uh, an unredacted report from the GAO, I'm sure Russian, Chinese, and who knows who hackers can have at that too. The report concluded that many of these Weapon systems could be neutralized within hours. In many cases, and this is even more frightening, the military teams, knowing they're in a war game, in, some, in many cases, it says here, the military, uh, the Pentagon, during this test, were oblivious. to the hacking. Wow. We are spending close to $2 trillion on these weapons systems now. Says here, this is in today's New York Times, even the declassified report paints a terrifying picture of weaknesses in a range of emerging weapons from new generations of missiles and aircraft to prototypes of new delivery systems for nuclear weapons. In one case, the hackers actually took control of the opera Pentagon's terminal. <clears throat> there are now 86, 86 new weapon systems under development and many of these were tested in this test and many were penetrated Hackers found easy to crack passwords or few protections against somebody inside working um, to sabotage. Incredible. Incredible. Insert two quarters to continue program. <clears throat> I had this thought when the much lauded, 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 right? The much la lauded, uh, and I'm blanking on her name now that I've been fooling around with the adjective so much. Jesus, Nikki Haley, the much lauded Nikki Haley, in her resignation. Do you recall as she sat next to Trump, she went on this strange aside in which she said, Jared Kushner is a little understood or much misunderstood genius. She called Kushner a genius. And she went on to rave 
about the wondrous work that he was doing in foreign affairs. <clears throat> I was thinking about that because Nikki's getting out and Kushner's sinking deeper into trouble because of his incredible connections to the Saudis. Kushner has made a point of becoming best pals with the crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, who is largely believed to have ordered the killing of Jamal Khashoggi, the Washington Post columnist and Saudi exile. And this is the genius Kushner's pal. He has championed this guy, the prince. He has really sold the line that this is a new kind of Saudi ruler. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's also suggested that Saudi money has bailed out the Kushner company. Kushner made this out st unbelievably stupid decision to buy a white elephant um, skyscraper, uh, sick which with the what is it six 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 Fifth Avenue or six 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 Park Avenue? A nice. Uh, address, I guess, speaking of the devil. And that was threatening to take down uh, his father's and his company. Guess who stepped in to bail him out? The Saudis did. There is so much corruption going on here. And why would Haley go out on a limb just a day before, did she already know that that this guy was killed? I don't even understand it. I'm now becoming somebody who is so um, desperately trying to read between uh, the lines of what is happening because now I have learned that every unbelievable thing that you think doesn't happen here does happen here. So I'm waiting for murders to start happening here. Assassinations. I am. You already got the Russians offing people in England. There was a strange suicide a week or so ago. And nobody's saying what I'm about to say, but I look into it. Um... This is an 81-year-old veteran Republican activist who was real close to Mike Flynn, who's going to be the former, uh, Trump's former uh, national security advisor and, of course, convicted felon who is going to be sentenced next month. He struck up the dead guy, supposedly the found dead in a hotel room in Minnesota. 81 years old. And I'm just reading the story and I'm thinking, so he's connected to Flynn and he's also the guy who was passing a lot of money around trying to get Hillary's emails. He wrote to a friend last week, or one of his friends wrote, as you are aware, Peter, his name is Peter Smith, Peter started a business relationship with Flynn. We spoke with him on the day he left for his trip to Russia. No, he died last year in a suicide. Weeks after telling friends 
he had finally obtained the missing emails. He tells friends, I found the emails, and he winds up dead in a hotel room. And that the death came 10 days after he also called a Wall Street Journal reporter who he told. And the piece I'm looking at here is, is from the Wall Street Journal. They're not saying, oh my God, maybe he was murdered. I'm saying. Rob writes, did anyone else notice the amount of people standing behind Trump at the Erie rally? They were spread pretty thin. I'd like to know if his rallies are drawing fewer people. Well, what I hear is um, they are, and two, uh, people leave. <laughs> they stand in line for hours to get in. They wait for hours for him to show. And then when he starts in, they maybe are into it for, you know, 20 minutes, but he goes off on, you know, his usual, and you don't believe I'm big, I'm great, I'm the best of this, of that. And, and uh, reporters have been saying that the, the crowd thins as he um, speaks. And now, I mean, my God, if Fox News <laughs> doesn't want to air the Trump show, That tells you something. That tells you something. So I don't, I don't uh, know. I don't know. Um, there was a piece that I wanted to talk to you about yesterday that, as, as usual, I found extraordinarily angering. And... Um, and then there was a piece I saw today that sort of dovetails with it. So I wanted to, um, a study has been done that says it is better to be born rich than to be born gifted because the vast majority of gifted people, of geniuses perhaps, never get to use their gift because they're not born into rich families. That we in this country are losing so much human capital. Uh, the, they've done studies that show that idiots from high income parents graduate from college at higher rates than the most gifted children of low-income parents. So if you're rich, you can be brilliant, you can be, you can be stupid. You're going to get the greatest education that can be had. You're going to have the resume, the college degree, but if you're born into a poorer family, only about 24% of people born to low-income families who are considered high potential end up ever graduating from college. So that's more than three-quarters of people who could be the next, you know, the cure for cancer, the, a great leader, uh, who knows? They are not getting educated. They're not getting seen, heard. They've got the brains. They don't have the money. So it turns out that, and, and the way they did this um, study is <coughs> mind-boggling because it has to do with looking at genetics, um, so they, they know now that uh, the stupidest rich kids will graduate from college at a higher rate than the smartest low-income kids. 
And what that tells you is we are wasting such opportunity and so many lives when you think that there could be geniuses out there in homeless shelters and in some poor little town where they hardly get educated at all because this is America. And I say increasingly, now that we've got the genome and the genetics, we're starting to see um, that you can apply all kinds of stuff to economics, to sociology, and you start seeing impact um, of things that before were out of um, out of reach. So I, I I don't pretend to understand how they did it, but it's being taken uh, seriously, and somehow I know it's not surprising at all. Another piece today, this was in the Washington Post, and it says that a ranking of all the countries of the world, and this ranking was done by uh, the World Bank, okay, the World Bank. They wanted to uh, see in which countries which countries are making use of their human potential? In other words, which countries help their citizens live up to their, well, the World Bank looks at it as economic potential. And so that's very much like this genetic thing I saw. The United States ranks uh, 24th. Because we do not provide quality education to our children, all our children, and we do not provide health care to all of our citizens. And consequently, we end up in a statistical tie with Serbia. For men and for women, the outcomes are a little bit different. For women, of course, in the United States, it's worse. We uh, are 32nd on this uh, universal list. So the World Bank now estimates that the United States enables its population to realize only about 75% of its potential. I don't know how they, again, assign numbers to this. But I'll tell you the countries who uh, placed ahead of us. The number one country is Singapore. Number two, Japan. I'm going down here. South Korea, Hong Kong. Okay, so you have all those are four Asian countries that top the list. Finland makes an appearance at number five. Macau, for heaven's sake, six. Eastern Europe, Estonia at seven, Ireland, and good God, Russia comes in at number 10. Kazakhstan, for God's sake, Poland, Canada, Slovenia, Denmark, Latvia, the Netherlands, Germany, Sweden, Austria, Australia, Switzerland, and then us. I'm just saying. It's just, it makes you want to cry. It just makes you want to cry at all the, you know, you look at a little kid or riding the bus and you look at these little children and they're not from rich families. And you think, are you brilliant? 
And are we ever going to be able to make use of that brilliance? Are you a great artist? Are you a potential scientist? Are you a great teacher? And we'll never know because we're not going to give you the chance to succeed. Ugh. Disheartening is what I would call it. Okay, um, also, what do I have here for you? Oh, in case you didn't notice, and this is where the Supreme Court could really screw us up again. You know the census is being come and due. And you know that the Trump administration wants to add a question to the census, which states are suing now to find out where, what is going on here. The question is, are you a U.S. citizen? That is not what the census is about. But if you're knocking on people's doors and asking, are you a citizen? You ain't going to get correct answers from a whole lot of people, are you? Which is going to have an impact then on congressional districts because the census is how you decide, oh, it looks like a loss of population there. They're going to lose a congressional district. And this group is going to gain. And it's quite clear that the question is being asked because they want to undercount, undercount brown people. Wilbur Ross, the Commerce Secretary, is the one who supposedly, I guess they run the census, which seems odd to me. He's been caught lying through his teeth about why he wanted that question in. He said the Justice Department told him to put it there. That turns out not to be true, and it's known that it's not true. Then, because a bunch of uh, entities and states are suing to find out where this question came from and to get it the hell out of the census, his two top aides, Wilbur Ross's two top aides, were deposed and both were asked, where did that question come from? And both answered, according to court documents, you would have to ask Secretary Ross. Ask the Secretary is what they said to the Attorneys General of New York, of the District of Columbia, of a whole bunch of other states, but guess what? They've tried to ask Ross, and Ross does not want to answer. He has gone to the Supreme Court days before his deposition was to have taken place. This is after an appeals court declined to block his deposition. He ran to the Supreme Court, and it was put on hold this Tuesday until 4 p.m., today. I'm not sure what's going to happen at 4 p.m., but I sure as hell hope he is compelled to give a deposition. So the Census Bureau, for some reason, is housed in the Commerce Department. And the case the specific case is the state of New York at all, so there's a whole bunch of other AGs and states, versus the U.S. Department of Commerce. 18 states, District of Columbia, cities have joined in this um, case, counties, uh, mayors, advocacy groups, uh, immigration coalitions, all this stuff, they are all wanting to stop this because they're going to be there is going to be a consequence of an undercount a consequence that would benefit the republicans 
So I just, they, they want Ross to identify other senior administration officials whose idea this was. I'll tell you whose idea it was. It'd be like, you know, it's probably Stephen Miller. Anything that smacks of just outright racism and political thuggery is going back to, you know, Mi Miller and other uh, operatives. So I don't know what's going to happen here, but that's something that's happening today that nobody's reporting on because we have to look at trees that have been blown over uh, for the next three days. Um, but this is happening. Just wanted you to know. And it's extremely consequential. It's all those little things that we don't pay any attention to. Republicans pay attention to little things. All right, that's it for me today. I'm done, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.